재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Half the fun of walking through traditional Korean markets is to try and figure out what half of the stuff is. There's all kinds of little wooden knickknacks, straw things, uh, things that you have no idea really what they do if you're an expat like me. And in this edition of Did You Know, Michelle Kong from the Seoul Global Center is here to clue us in on what some of those weird objects at the market are. How are you doing, Michelle? Good morning, Kurt. Okay, so um, every time I go by these kind of traditional looking or sometimes even street markets, mm-hmm. I get about halfway through and I, I always want to pick up a lot of those wooden cooking Im- implements. You know, there's like the spatulas and the mm. spoons and I think I guess they're from temples or something like that. Okay. Um, and then I get into the more confusing stuff and I'm like, what, what do you do with that <laughs> one? Uh, it starts to get a little confusing around, uh, I guess, the, the back scratchers. Okay. I recognize those. And then there's these things that I just don't uh, quite get. Okay. You've got do you the still buy now. some of those knickknacks? I, I do. You do? I like the, um, the wooden cooking implements. I think okay. they're great to have. Mm. And they're so cheap. Okay. Great. You know? Right. Um, but uh, other than that, there are mm. some things that are just, uh, you know, I figure somebody has a use for it, but I can't figure out what my use for it was. Okay, okay. So we're going to just talk about all these items that shared a culture and a custom of Korea. Mm. Um, since we just had the Lunar New Year, I think it's a great idea to ch- talk about this item first. It's a lucky ladle. Lucky ladle. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't have a lucky ladle. <laughs> I have don't. a ladle. I don't think it's particularly lucky, though. Oh, uh, okay. So probably you've seen this um, in the back alley of, let's say, Insadong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bamboo woven ladles um, that's usually hung inside a house. Okay. Mm-hmm. And its practical uses a strainer, though. Do people still actually use it, or is it just more of a decoration now? Uh, nowadays, it's more of a decoration or ornament, mm-hmm. uh, or people actually exchange this um, at the uh, Lunar New Year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a gift to wish each other to have good fortune. That's nice. I didn't realize that. Mm. Um, and it looks, you've got some pictures here, so I can kind of describe for listeners. It does look like a ladle, perhaps a double-sided ladle, right? Yeah. Um, it's tied together with some colorful ribbon, mm-hmm. and it's basically bamboo, it, it kind of a curved basket, like right. a woven basket. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't seem to be like a, 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 a ladle that would contain liquid. It seems like liquid would run right through it. That's I'd right. almost be inclined to call it a lucky strainer rather than a ladle. That's true. Lucky strainer. Strainer is more um, right, I think. Mm. Um, when not, well, nowadays, you can find very clean, uh, even washed rice available on the stores. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, you rinse the rice in a strainer. Right? To just get rid of all these husks and mm. dirt and stones. So people used this, but it's more of a symbol of good luck nowadays. Understood. And the mm-hmm. Korean word for this thing is? Pukjori. Pukjori. Mm-hmm. For our Korean learners out there. What, what else have we got in the market? Um, I'm curious if you've seen this. It's, it looks like a spoon, but very, very tiny. Tiny, mostly silver spoon looking item. I doubt it. You I don't think so. Or I haven't taken note of it if I have seen ah, it. Ah, really? It's got a, when I was a kid, fast food restaurants used to have this little teeny weeny spoon mm-hmm. at the end of uh, like a plastic stick. Okay. Uh, and that was for co- stirring your coffee. Right, right. Like 
uh, stir stick. Yes. Right. Um, I actually wanted to just get this for you. Um, you usually can find this at a convenience store, but not the one um, around here. All right. But anyways, it's uh, not a miniature uh, teaspoon, so you don't just use this to add sugar into your coffee. Okay. <laughs> it's ear swab. An ear swab. Mm-hmm. In Korean, it's called a kuige. Kuige. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is to uh, kind of ram into your ear and, mm-hmm. and dig around a bit, <laughs> which they, by the way, re- recommend you don't ever, ever do. But hey, you know. Yeah, right. Well, um, in theory, it's a lot better to use it than, uh, um, what is it, the cotton swab. The cotton ones, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, I think so. Um, that's what I heard too, because it removes, the cotton swabs remove the uh, good like oils in around oh. your um, ear. So, ki means ear in Korean. Okay. And then uh, this is like a Korean style ear cleaner. But you can see some other shaped ki as well because its original um, function is to just get rid of your ear wax. But it was used as a decoration too. okay i would keep the decoration one and the earwax (laughs) one in separate drawers just to be safe okay okay um but this has been used really really for a long long time um similar tools have been found in asian tombs across korea probably um during korea or Joseon dynasties people Mm. used this i think asian cultures east asian cultures particularly Mm -hmm. uh have focused a lot on long, thin objects that you stick in your ears. Ear cleaning, ear candles, things like that have been prominent in uh, a lot of in, in Korean culture, Chinese culture. Okay. Um, whereas I think uh, in Western cultures, they've been a lot more hesitant to stick things in ears. Sure, yeah. yeah. And yeah. nowadays, the medical advice is don't ever stick things in your ears. But I think some people still do. Okay, so instead, you can just use it. As hair accessories, just like all the <laughs> in like the a, Asian times. Okay, tie up your hair around the ear spoon or something. Right, right. So you can uh, probably can find them in a museum in Korea. Sure. Some glitzy ones. Um, they were decorated with bells and butterfly-shaped ornaments, even gold and silver, and then jade in the later time mm. periods. Hmm. Okay. Um, and befitting Korea's status as high tech. Um, inventive country, you can find modern um, ear swaps that have um, some lights attached at the end of the tip and some springs. So it's going to be um, help you clean your ears a lot easier. Hmm. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm hesitant to clean my, you know, my own ears kind of thing. They still have like, you can go to these traditional places and there's still like people that are ear cleaners. That's like their job, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm I'm so scared to just put anything into my ear, own ear, so I can't really, Yeah, me too. I tend yeah. to be a little bit hesitant on that front. Mm. And they, 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 they warn you not to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're kind of on our virtual walk through the market. Uh, what other kind of objects do we have? Um, there is, um, I don't think it's not easy to see this nowadays, but it's a stone board and two um, wooden clubs. This is a, a set. Um, it's called a tadumi. Tadumi. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm. so, uh, you've got a stone board. Is it completely flat, the board? Flat. And you've got two clubs. Mm-hmm. 
I, I shudder to think what you might be doing <laughs> here. Um, but you're obviously pounding something. Yes, that's right. All right. So this is a traditional Korean-style ironing. Ironing? Mm-hmm. So the idea is you put your clothes on the board and you pound your clothes. You pound that, the wrinkles out of your clothes. Yes, that's exactly right. So uh, tadumi is basically a stone board used for smoothing fabric after it's been washed and starched. And then you just beat it with a wooden club, usually two, <laughs> two clubs. Kind of uh, almost like a a big bass drum kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Like a drumming, you just every um, single household used to have this. This is the first I've ever heard of it. It's very interesting. Really? I wonder if that is that effective. Pounding wrinkles out of your clothes. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can imagine taking the the rounded wooden club and kind of using that to smooth out, dragging it across the clothes. Ah. But pounding the wrinkles, I've never heard of. Oh, okay. So, well, basically, two women kneel on the floor. They face each other across this um, stone board and then beat out a rhythm on the cloth. Um, well, pounding wooden clubs are called hongdukke, mm-hmm. and then the, the stone is called tadimi dol. These boards were often decorated with various symbols and characters. Um, its rhythmic sound is almost... To me, um, music to my ears. I think our producer um, prepared some tadumi music. Do we, do we actually have tadumi sound back there? Okay, do you want to cue it up a little bit? So, um, it's like every housewife has... Um, her own drum set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must be fun for the neighbors. No, um, have you, you said you've heard it before. That's mm-hmm. the first I've ever heard it. Uh-huh. Uh, have you ever lived like in a practical situation where somebody was still actually using this or is this? Yeah, yeah. I remember my grandmother used to have this and then my mom and then my grandmother actually probably was my mother too yeah they just use this um usually a huge blanket it's got this cover um and then after they just took it out and washed them and then uh, fold it nicely and put put it on the stone board and then very interesting so you Mm -hmm. remember your grandma actually Mm -hmm, using mm -hmm. this and the clothes came out nice and smooth yeah, not necessarily like clothes that we wear every day, uh-huh. but like I said, a huge um, fabric, huge okay. um, blanket covers. Blankets or tablecloth mm-hmm. or something right. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, well, that's my takeaway for the day, my instruction. Okay. Tadumi. I'm right. going to look for that in markets. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it to my knowledge. Well, actually, it was a therapy for um, stressed housewives. I can believe it. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Picturing the husband as the... Yeah, no, that's I'm, right. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, it was a custom for a father to bring a tadumi stone when he visited um, his daughter for the first time after she got married. Mm. Mm. Interesting. You know, um, I, I want to go through some more of these items. You've got a nice little list here. Why don't we go through the next, to say, two or so relatively quickly. Okay. Uh, what's up next? Um, how about a back scratcher? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are for sale just about everywhere. Here in Korea, they tend to be um, a long piece of wood with sort of the, the shape of a hand. Yes. Uh, a scratching hand. Right. And uh, you just use those to get those hard-to-get itches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I used to be so flexible that I could 
itch my back anywhere by myself. <laughs> really? These days, I'm less flexible, so I, I need a back you, scratcher. You need one. Okay. Mm. Um, well, there's a theory that the first back scratcher dates back to the uh, Tang Dynasty of China. Uh, a retainer helped out an Ichi emperor by offering this as a tribute. Mm. Um, but a back scratcher in China wasn't really, um, didn't make any uh, culture impact. But instead, as it passed on to Korea, uh, it's got the nickname, a hand of a devoted child. Ah, Hyo Jason. Yes, the... that's right. Hmm. So interesting. So it's kind of like your devoted child that you carry around anywhere and you can tell him or her to scratch your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One more interesting um, fact about this is since most households had one, many parents used it for corporal punishment to discipline the church. Ah, mm, okay. So, Hyoja Son. You could warn your not so Hyoja kid that you're about to get whacked with the back scratcher mm-hmm. if you don't behave pretty soon. Right. One for your back, one for. The child's back, so to right, speak. Right, right, right. That's right. Okay. Um, well, the, you, the, the very first pro- mm. uh, producer of Korea Escape, the one that helped us launch this program, she religiously carried around this, I don't know if it was a back scratcher, but it was like a hook-shaped wooden thing. She would okay. sling it over her shoulder, but it was like a, a, oh, almost like a back massager. Like a massager. Mm, mm. Okay. So that, you could probably find that in the same section of the back scratcher. Yes, yes, that's right. And then and nowadays you can find a back scratcher with a little bumps on the other side, so it can use... Uh, it can be used as a massager as well. Ah, hmm. Very interesting. We're making our way through the market of knickknacks and finding out what each thing is. We're going to keep it going right after a quick little jingle break. Michelle, a while back, one of my Korean friends was asking me to help him find, as I walk through markets, uh, an object called the Shin Solo. Do I pronounce that right? Yes, Shin Solo. Shin Solo. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds, I, I don't think I've ever spotted one in the market. Maybe once upon a time in a restaurant I saw it. But it sounds like a very ingenious concept. It's mm-hmm. basically a round cooking uh, device. Right. Um, in the middle is a an iron plate mm-hmm. where you would cook meat, barbecue meat, mm-hmm. and then the runoff would go into this sort of uh, trench or right, moat right, right. around the side. So it kind of is making its own soup. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't necessarily use this to cook something extremely fatty like samgyeopsal or right, something. Right, right. But relatively lean meats, chickens, things like that mm-hmm. that have runoff that would contribute to a soup. It seemed like a really great idea. Yeah. Um, so when you go to one of those Korean traditional um, restaurants, hanshik uh, mm. or hanjongshik, mm. then you can find that there's a specific device on the table. Mm. Shinsolo is, uh, I think it's a brilliant way to just keep your war- uh, food warm mm. throughout the meal. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then afterwards, you sort of eat the soup that has yes. accumulated. It right. starts with a basic broth, mm-hmm. but the more you barbecue, the more it grill, you know, it's part of royal cuisine, right? Yes, yes, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. So, and those you can theoretically find in these traditional markets, sure. right? Shinsolo. Mm-hmm. What else uh, kind of stuff, food-related stuff, might we look for? Um, 
would, do you remember when you first um, visited one of those Korean barbecue restaurants and then the, the, the servers there use um, scissors to cut meat? Mm-hmm. That is a bit, uh, when you first see that as a visitor to Korea, uh-huh. people using scissors mm-hmm. to cut meat and veg, uh, it's a little surprising. Mm, you know? okay. It's not something we non-Koreans are used to, but mm-hmm. then it makes perfect sense yeah. once you understand that the scissors are specifically culinary scissors. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the scissors you were just cutting construction no, paper no, with. No. <laughs> um, right. Great idea. So, yeah, you can find culinary scissors. You can find sure. stuff like that in the market. Right. Mm. And then uh, I love to go to the Samgyeopsa restaurant every now and then. And then uh, have you noticed this special Samgyeopsa or pork belly grill? This is the slanted one? Slanted one, or there are many different types of one, like stone grills mm. or um, some electric ones, or just a regular one that has a little hole. It's got its own gr- uh, grease drain grease system. Grease drain, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's usually nonstick. Yeah. So you can just cook pork belly, which is really greasy. Um, and then there's this, you just mentioned this, shinsarlo. Yeah. Um, there's this trench sort of like yeah. edge. Um, yeah. One of the grills has its has this trench thing for samgyeopsal. For samgyeopsal, but at the same time, you can cook something else. Usually, you can cook eggs. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And what would the trench serve? What use would that serve when you cook an eggs? Well, I don't know. You can just cook um, when you cook samgyeopsal. Yeah. You can cook kimchi or other vegetables. At the same time, um, and it could be anything else. It could be like eggs and then a little bit of cheese or green onions. You can just cook it while your samgyeopsal is being cooked. Oh, in that little trench? Yes. I see. Mm. Fair enough. My my preference for cooking samgyeopsal tends to be those slanty ones where it just runs off into some other bowl or whatever it is. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe you put a little kimchi in the way so that it catches a little bit of the the pork fat. but the, tr- the the trench ones where the samgyeopsal fat tends to go in, you have to be really kind of mindful to keep filling that with water mm. or else you're going to have like a trench fire. <laughs> I had that happen in a restaurant uh, relatively recently where, mm. you know, they didn't quite pay attention to the level of water. whole thing caught fire. It was oh, quite no. visual. Oh, really? Pork fat. Okay. It burns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at those restaurants, probably you can notice this... Um, Exhaust duct. Yeah. Right? Mm. Those things that pull down and they, they inhale the smoke from That's the grill. That's right, right. So every single um, pork belly uh, restaurant, they has this installed, right? Sure, mm-hmm. they would have to. Right, they would have to, sure. Uh, and then there's, of course, this bell attached to to the table, each yep. table. You don't have to say, um, excuse me, or um, Greatest invention in the world. <laughs> the little bing-bong bells that you can just press at the table and mm-hmm. someone comes running. Right. Um, and when it comes to, we just talked about this kimchi, and we have, I think, K- Korea only um, has this um, machine or a device mm. or apply home appliance, kimchi refrigerator. Which is, at the end of the day, it's just a refrigerator, but it's reserved for kimchi. Or, or is there something specific about the fridge? Um, it's basically, you know, back in the day, kimchi was stored and preserved in the clay pots buried in the ground. So kimchi refrigerator actually provides the similar conditions mm-hmm. of this um, clay pots in, uh, in the ground. So you can store kimchi um, 
it's got all these features or modes, storage mode or fermentation mode. Um, Aha. So you can set it to let the kimchi get a little bit more strong. That's you, right. And presumably that's at a slightly lower temperature, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can set it high and it just just short of freezing. Right, right. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now I understand. I've never had a kimchi fridge. Okay. And I've just walked by them in the store. You know, I keep my kimchi in the fridge. In the fridge. Yeah, maybe wrapped in an extra bag or so. But it would it would um, ruin the, uh, the the smell. I mean, it like the, can mm. if you you know unless you if you've got a good strong plastic okay. container. Mm-hmm. I find it contains the kimchi nemse. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, yeah, you don't want to leave exposed kimchi next to your, you know, whipped cream or whatever no, it is. You're right. going to have kimchi flavored everything. <laughs> um, right. But mm. I understand. Yeah. Clay pots back in the day, mm-hmm. before the ground got hard, they would just uh, bury the kimchi. kimchi. Would they keep going out to the clay pots to retrieve kimchi for meals? Is that how it worked? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah. how it worked. Yes, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So the pot, the top of the pot would be right at ground level, right? Uh, or would they have to like lift up some straw and all that stuff to yeah, get down? Yeah, straw, or, or in the modern time, a plastic, um, plastic cover. They mm. used it. So yeah. still in modern times, they were using clay pots with plastic covers. Modern times, I think so. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Does anybody out there still today use clay pots as a kimchi device? I I kind of doubt it. Right? Uh, maybe in. Very, very rural kind of I settings. think so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not really, I don't know, it's not really cold enough to just store your kimchi in the ground these days, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Global warming, man. Global warming. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it's a cyclical thing. The more the earth warms, the more you need a kimchi refrigerator. <laughs> And that warms the earth even more. Yeah, that's right. What are you going to do? I like right. to, sometimes I uh, put my kimchi out for a couple of days and let it get strong. Yes. You know, strengthen up. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular store-bought kimchi, I like to give it a little bit more sour edge, let it sit out on the that's um, right. table for mm-hmm. a day or two. Yeah, yeah. And then it uh, You're doing it right, up. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and uh, do, have we gone through our whole list or do we have any other stuff? Um, maybe just one more. Um, well, we have this interesting named item Italy towel Italy towel mm-hmm. is it from Italy uh, partially yes okay yes because this um, the main material to make this specific fabric um, was imported from this country Italy okay all right um, and would you say is it like a cotton or a wool or what what's the material it's viscous rayon Rayon. Rayon. All right. Um, and then this uh, factory worker, um, he worked at a textile company in Korea. He just invented this by accident. Uh, but this was really coarse, the fabric was. Um, and then he just turned, he just learned that it's great for exfoliating your skin. So, so this worker, you're saying the, the material originally came from Italy. Mm-hmm. A Korean worker mm-hmm. kind of... Um, interfaced with this material from Italy yes. and then realized, ah, this has a wonderful exfoliating properties. I'm going to manufacture this at scale and yes. call it the Italy towel. Yes, that's right. For all of you Koreans to exfoliate. <laughs> sure. Do they still use do. Italy towels? Sure. Obviously, yeah. you're saying they're in the market. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, you can see this mitten-like Italy towel, green uh-huh. colored. Um, it's widely used in Korea and in many Asian tourists... And Hollywood celebrities, yes. uh, they 
love to visit Korean saunas to get their um, full body scrub. Yeah. Yeah. It is, um, I wouldn't call it abrasive, but it is vigorous. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> uh, it is challenging. Um, it, I guess Koreans love it. I see Koreans getting this kind of treatment all the time. I had it precisely once. Once. And I had a, a, a dude put on his glove, which uh-huh. I now know is an Italy towel, uh-huh. and scrub me down from head to toe. <laughs> and I'm. I've Pink got that experience to remember. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm going to make a, a real habit out of it. But okay. for the right person who, um, you know, it, it can be very helpful, I think. Mm, but did you feel your skin got really soft? So to speak, yeah. Okay. I was glowing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, that's all the time we have. So thank you very much for that little tour through the market. And I'll see you again soon. My pleasure. That'll do it for today's edition of Koreascape. We are produced by Oh Jang Sop with associate production from Jamie Lee, writing by Nikki Kim, and I'm Kurt Asian. We are on Facebook or on Twitter. Koreascape is the handle. Tomorrow is Food and Beyond with Yerika. You don't want to miss that. And if you're here in Seoul, this, that, and Amy is up next. We'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs>